Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's St. Patty's Day to everyone, so happy St. Patty's Day there. It is Friday with eight games on the slate as well. In this one, we're taking a look at the Fighting Irish, if you will, the Boston Celtics. They are in Portland taking on those Trailblazers. Take a look at this one for you guys. Also have another game video up and those player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page and follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com. We have all of our great written NBA content and more up there right now. Uh, we also have that odds finder tool you can use. You can make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all those books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's give, go through this little eight-game slate here on Friday and then talk about our game, Blazers and Seas. Yeah, Joel Embiid is uh, looking to lead the Sixers here. Minus 10 at Charlotte. His prop is at 35 points. Charlotte sure hit centers. The Warriors can't win on the road. Are plus four at Atlanta. Draymond is out, I believe, ruled out. Dr- looks like Steph's going to play, though. Um, and the total. Dr- Draymond had uh, 16 technicals. Yes, yes. Suspended is out. Yeah. Uh, two, 248 total in that game. Uh, ridiculous. Plus five and a half are the Wizards at Cleveland. Memphis minus nine at the Spurs. The Pels minus five at the Don't Sleep on the Rockets. Uh, the Wolves plus two and a half at the Bulls. Interesting uh, defensive matchup there. And then we're going to break down the last two games on this slate. We got Mavs plus six at Lakers. Total's been bet up a little bit to 227. And then we got our Celtics minus four and a half or five at Portland, 230 total. I mean, Portland's one of the worst teams in the league, full stop. Like, it's, nice. it's, we've been talking about this for a while, and they, they've one of the few teams that haven't let us down in terms of being bad when we expect them to be bad. Yeah. Uh, it looked like they were actually going to get the Knicks without Brunson in their last home game, and the Knicks just crawled their way back, <laughs> um, you know, dominating the glass and, Portland shot 38%. I mean, they hit 17 threes, but they shot 38% inside the arc. So that's definitely troubling. Um, They're leaning heavily on free throws right now because other teams, again, since Dame's 70-point explosion, have really run him off the line even more so than before, forced him to get into the lane. He's making, he's getting the line a a good, like, nine, only actually nine times per game during that span. That's not really going to get it done when there's no other offense around you. Uh, but he, he is turning it over a lot. His last four now, last three, excuse me, about four turnovers, minus 18. He only got off 16 field goal attempts when they lost in Boston. And that's kind of been their MO. I mean, they're they're holding him to 27 points a game. Get, letting him get his assists, 12 assists, but also five turnovers his last four against the Celtics. So they're, they're very capable with their personnel with Derek White, in addition to Smart and Brogdon to chase him off the line, force him to be a, a decision maker in a lane. And if you beat us that way, we'll shake your hand, but we're not going to let you just rain fire from deep, um, which is what most teams have done, which is why Portland has not been able to win despite Dame, you know, still averaging 36 a game. Uh, they've lost three of their last four at home. It, it took a 71 point performance for them to win at home. All three losses now double digits, um, losing by, you know, an average of nine points per game, even with the win that that's the margin. Second worst defensive rating at home on the season. Uh, Out-rebounded again in that span. Nurkic not really back all the way. And so if they're a high free throw rate team, I think Boston is a team that will limit that. I mean, they're third in opponents free throw rate on the road. They were number one for a while. Uh, (coughs) Struggling lately, as they are in general. But by the way, Washington, number four in limiting those free throws, beat 
Portland by 25 at home. The Knicks, number eight, limiting free throws, beat Portland by 16 without their best player. Uh, so Boston, it's a get-right spot. They might sit Tatum. Let's let's be real about that. It's the front end of a back-to-back. They go to Utah tomorrow. Then they got Sack on Tuesday. But even without Tatum and without Robert Williams, which does make you lean over, I think the offense will be flowing. I mean, it's a team that that leans on threes. They have gone over in three of five without Tatum. Those numbers are completely skewed because the last two were OT losses without several starters, not just Tatum. Um, but, I mean, this is a team that the, the numbers are pretty clear, right? If I think if they hit 17 threes, they're basically undefeated on the year. If they fail to hit 16, they're just above 500. Well, good thing they're facing the worst three-point defense at home in the league. Uh, and Portland's been even worse lately in their last three, giving up 43% from deep. So I think we're looking at a get-right spot, similar to when they went to Atlanta to start this road trip, scored 134 before getting in that Houston trap game, and and then grinding out a win in mini. This is definitely seems like it'd be a higher-scoring game um, that Portland could actually keep pace with a little bit more. I actually lean Celtics more than the total because I, I just don't think Portland has many options offensively. If Jeremy Grant sits, he's questionable. Um, I would be really worried about the Portland offense because it's just it's just Dame and then whether Simons can give you like six or seven threes off Dame kickouts and, and there's just no other source of offense. Yeah, I mean, Simons can get hot. We, we've seen him do that uh, for sure. He can hit six or seven threes. But I, I think the, the interesting thing about this game is uh, this game, the Detroit-Denver game, you've got Philly. Like, can we just have 70 games in the season or 72? Do we really need all these games down the stretch that nobody cares about? Because that's what's going on with Boston, in my opinion. And that's what's going on with Denver and all these teams in first. Even Milwaukee uh, just got beat by the Pacers last night as we're recording some Friday morning. So um, just whatever. Do we really need all these games? I understand RSNs and all that stuff. Not for right now, but that's what's going on with Boston. And that's that's my main point here is, is the only thing, in my opinion, that is going on with Boston is that they're playing Houston, Minnesota, and Portland, uh, and then they're going to Utah, or they're uh, you know in a row at the end here. And that's what's wrong with them is they don't give a crap. Um, and I think... I'm not saying they gave up on the one seed necessarily. I would care about the one seed. I mean, they just played the Bucks, um, you know, uh, in the in the second round last year and, and needed Game Seven at home to win that one, which worked out well for them. So I would I would assume they would want that same level of uh, you know advantage in this uh, this year's playoffs if they're going to be a two seed playing in that in the conference finals this year against the Bucks. So th- this is just as important of a game. So is Utah. So is all of these at this point because you have to finish down the stretch. And I think they will. I think they'll continue to play pretty de- decent defense, but. If Jeremy Grant is in this game, I do like an over. I, I do think that if they if they can at least have another weapon, um, aside, you know, uh, next to their two guards in the backcourt, that they they should be able to get this game over two thirty. Uh, and the reason I think that is obviously starting with home road splits. Portland just as guilty as as any team in the league this year, scoring nine more points at home than they are on the road. Um, coming off of a road trip, you know, where they played four of their last five in the road and they've scored one hundred and seven points in those games, including the the Knicks game that they just scored one hundred and seven points. Knicks playing a little bit better defense than the Celtics um, of late because the Celtics have been playing pretty well um, but the Knicks have still been a better defensive team all year so I still think there's opportunity for points um, obviously we know what it comes down to it's a Dame Lillard squad so it's threes and free throws uh, that's how they're getting their points uh, 12 threes even though you're uh, on, on the road versus the 14 they're making at home once again more threes there um, that's why they're 21 and 12 to the over at home this season uh, versus a much worse on the road uh, in terms of going over so the defense is just awful 
Uh, it's been awful all season. It's been worse since they traded their best defensive player in Josh Hart um, in, in their last eight at home without him. 123 dead last, 123 dead, uh, defensive rating, getting up the fourth most defensive rebounds with the worst you know defensive uh, rebound percentage. You can get fast break points. You can get turnovers. Um, you can get threes. <laughs> allowing uh, They're allowing the 26th most threes uh, over those eight games. Uh, well, you know, the fourth most, excuse me, at 41%. Uh, to their opponents. They're only playing at a 99 pace at home, uh, and yet still those games are averaging them scoring 119 and their opponents scoring 123 and a half or so. So partly why Dame scoring five more at home this year than he is on the road. You've got Nurk scoring four more at home um, and a few other guys like Jeremy Grant's pretty much the same, a, t a slight uptick at home, but um, you're just, you're basically getting nine to, t to 11 more points from like your three to four best options at home than you are on the road. So it's not a surprise that you're scoring nine more points uh, at home than you are on the road. Right. And I, I think for Boston, um, it, I don't know that it really matters. Like even in their last five, which a bunch of those on, on the road, they have been good at defense, but they have been good at, in terms of like transition points. Um, they've been actually much better around the rim and not fouling. Uh, and, and still, uh, I'm sorry, they have not been as good around the rim and have been fouling, which is why I know that they were good on the road as you know, in terms of not allowing free throws to their opponents. But if you look at their last five on the road, um, they are allowing their fifth, the fifth most free throw attempts to their opponents. So I just think there's an opportunity for points really. And I, I do think they can win, but I'm kind of I'm I'm not scared of, of having to pick a winner or even a spread uh, in these games down the stretch. You know, like I'm not touching a 12 and a half, 14 point spread, whatever, for Denver and Detroit uh, the same way that I don't even really want to touch like four and a half, five on this one. Although this one scares me way less and I would be much more likely to take it. Uh, but I still just feel really good about the overhead, about 229 and a half. Yeah, I mean, and, and the Celtics, you said playing much worse defense than the Knicks right now. I mean, they were giving up 61 pain points in these last three on the road. So way worse in terms of that margin where the Knicks are still one of the best in the league. So I don't think Portland's only scoring 107, to your point. I think yeah. that is why you feel a little bit more confident. I do think the Celtics offense will keep rolling without Tatum. Uh, we just have a very small sample size of five games, two ugly games against Orlando and Toronto. Uh, but, uh, you know, without the full complement, the other two were back to back recently. So it wasn't there were a lot of guys out. I think you will see Brogdon and Derek White really push the advantage on the on the defensive end for Portland. I mean, Dame being tired, not being a great defender anyway. And Simon's also not a great defender. I think those guys are both probably going over their props here. I'd rather look at them than Jalen Brown if we do get props, if if Tatum is ruled out, you know, once we get that settled and. Without Rob Williams, yeah, the, the the struggles defending the paint might continue. As we say, uh, watch out for Mike Muscala on a poster. But uh, I do trust the Celtics to win this one. I, th I think it's going to be a little bit easier for them to get this one than in Utah next time out. Uh, <clears throat> and they are very good in these back-to-back -back situations, more so on the back end. I think they're, you know, aside from when they benched their starters, they're undefeated uh, up to that point. So... I'm not really worried about the short rest. I, I do think they, they got some things right there beating Minnesota and that they'll pull out another win. Yeah, the only the only thing I would ask you about is uh, the the role players here because if Tatum is out, like it's fine. But like, is is Marcus Smart still gonna be Marcus Smart the way that he is right now? Like he he just has not looked right like himself. He just looks older all of a sudden, to be honest. But like Grant Williams in their last ten games, about four points a game, right? Like another really important role player. Like these guys need to step up. So this is an opportunity. I mean, even Derek White at thirteen, you know, thirteen a game. Malcolm Brogdon the same over their last like eight to ten games. Like. 
Nah, it's close. I think they need one of those guys to get closer to 17, 18 points well, if it's not Brogdon. Here's another thing you, know. you see if it's a back-to-back. Al Horford might play one night, sit the next if Tatum does the opposite, and then you could mm. suddenly get a spike Horford game where he turns back the clock. Maybe that's what we get tonight. Yeah, no, that's fine. And great. That, that That's actually a solid, uh, you know, insight into this because that, that's what I'm saying is, is necessary for Portland to, or excuse me, for Boston to be able to, I think, you know, get, get those points that we want them to get and really put the, put the hurting down on, on them on offense, especially and start raining threes. So if that's going to happen, they do need those, those, those other wing players and role players to be, you know, efficient as well. So we'll see if they can do that and step that up a little bit, especially if Tatum is questionable tonight. And then the Mavs are plus six at Lakers total was 224. Uh, a little bit ago, it is now 227 as um, the expectation is starting to rise that maybe Kyrie and Luca are going to return tonight. Um, the latest injury report still has Luca listed out, Kyrie questionable, but apparently both practiced on Thursday. And Jason Kidd is being a little coy in terms of their status here tonight. Uh, I certainly that's going to affect the total more than anything. I mean, it's also going to affect the spread though. I mean, I I think Josh would be all over plus six for Dallas if they've got both their guys here Um, because you see it a lot, right? I mean, the, the young guys then come get a ton of confidence being the one, a one B option. I'm talking about Jaden Hardy and Josh green specifically. And then they get to settle into supporting roles. If those guys are back and all the the stats you see about Dallas, not being able to close or, or win games, in the early part of the Kairuka era, they might start to shift a little bit because you've got a supporting cast now. Um, and Josh Green playing very well, playing very efficiently. Jaden Hardy has been playing very inefficiently, but stepping into that scoring role without Kyrie. <clears throat> and there's a correlation when these teams get together that if the Mavs win, it is actually a higher scoring game, which is against their MO in the pre-Kyrie era here. But the last three wins over the Lakers have averaged 237. AD missed all of those, and then he came back a few weeks ago, and the Lakers won a low-scoring game, 111-108. AD had 30-15, and 15, was plus 16 in his minutes there. Um, so I, I do think there is still a correlation if you want to take Lakers plus under. Um, you might even want to tease it just to be safe here, to get them at minus 2 and 231 under. Uh, just in case, you know, we get either of those star cards back and then all of a sudden we're talking a lot more offense. But Dallas was starting to shift before the injuries here. I mean, I guess it's probably because Luka was limping through some of these games, but their defense was no longer a joke. I mean, they were limited. They had a 104 defensive rating against Utah. And that game did manage to go over down the stretch. Or actually, 236, I think, was a push, basically. But it was played at a 110 pace. And and since then, their pace has really dipped back down to where it was. Pre-Kyrie levels, easy for me to say. Yeah. Um, and and the Lakers, are, are when they're at home, they're going to exert their will. Um, they've, they've gone under in seven of their last eight at home now. They've been going under consistently before LeBron got hurt. And without him, they are much more uh, you know dependent on defense. We're talking allowing just 108 points per game in those eight home games, pace slightly below 100. Um, And, you know, holding opponents to the fifth lowest three-point percentage, but allowing the fourth most attempts, do with that what you will. I I don't know if that's a lot of missed open looks, but it's probably a lot of rangy uh, defenders closing out right now that you've got Jared Vanderbilt, Beasley, 
and, and Wenyon Gabriel getting more consistent minutes. It's just a lot, a lot harder to to torch the nets on these Lakers than when you had Russell Westbrook running around like a chicken with his head off uh, in, in their, the early part of their season. Their defense far less of a joke. Uh, and, and the free throw discrepancy is going to be key, as always, for the Lakers and for AD. But it's not just the AD show recently. They are getting the ninth uh, highest assist rate over the, uh, since the All-Star break here. They are, Crazy. I mean, they're not on two days rest, but AD is. And you look at them, they're eight and four against the spread and eight and four to the under when they get two to three days rest. So with their their main guy going on a little extra rest, there is that strong correlation again. And they've gone under in four straight uh, when they're actually favored without LeBron James, which is, you know, a consistent trend since mid-February when he had to sit. So, I, I mean, you got to worry about the Mavs offense, certainly. If uh, they don't have either of those guys, they they just lit up the Spurs. But, I mean, what does that really mean in, in overtime? And But Memphis shut, shut them down. I mean, again, holding Hardy to like 38% field goal shooting as the number one option is probably not going to get it done at L.A. Yeah. Hardy, man. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, love that dude. But – it's all about if they play. I, I just hit it and 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 was uh, in the disc in the the Lions Discord chat as well, just being like, do with this what you will. But like five and a half, if both those guys played in practice yesterday, are tied with the Lakers in the in in the percentage you know win percentage column uh, for a playing spot right now. Um, and, and J Kid refused to say that they're not playing. Like I don't know, at least one of them's got to play, man. Like, and if that's the case, I don't know that it makes that big of a difference. I think you still get more offense with at least one of them. That's obvious. Um, not to mention neither of them being world beaters on defense. Um, but if they don't like, yeah, then even these games that they played um, without, you know, without either of them in, in the last three, like those Memphis games, obviously no jaw and then, and then no Kairuka. Uh, so obviously those were, were, were super low scoring. Um, and then that San Antonio game was like, whatever they were down and about to lose that game for the entirety of it. Uh, and then forced it to overtime and, and it came back in one Christian Wood hit a bunch of threes, which was crucial for them. Um, and will have to be tonight, but yeah, I, I don't, it's just two different bets. If Kairuka's in, it's it's an over. And, and I mean, I would not necessarily like them to win. I would be very interested to see if they get ruled in how that affects this this spread. Like, does it go all the way down to a pick em, Or do they get favored by like three or four points? Like probably should be if they're both in. Because I know they suck at defense, but like, come on, man. You've got, I don't know. At that point, it's AD versus those two. Uh, I know it's on the road, but that doesn't necessarily mean much. I think it does go a bit under. Don't you but... disparage this Lakers supporting cast. Okay? Ah, I just know said I it's them. not the AD show anymore. <laughs> you did. You did say that. But when it comes to getting enough offense um, to, and the ability to stop those two while being able to outscore them at that point, needing like probably 118-ish points to beat them. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily like that quite as much for you, but for them. But right now it's at 220, you know, like 226, right? 226 and a half is, is mostly what you're finding for this total. Um, and, and that's probably too high if neither of those guys play. Like that, that just is. And and that, you look at how um, the Lakers are winning in, in you know, since LeBron went down essentially, right? Over the course of their last like 12 games where they're not that bad. I know they've lost two or th- two of three and that Houston loss was puzzling because why the hell was Anthony Davis sitting? But it was, he was sitting because he, they want to win this game. And so that's why we would be fools to leave him off of our player props tonight 
uh, on those two days rest uh, against a team like the Mavs who are just not going to just they're just not it down low. Right. We, we know that. So uh, I agree with you that their defense looked a little bit better right around the time that, that Luca was going down um, with, with that injury that they lost. It was a loss to uh, who they who did he leave against Nola um, that he lost against. Right. He, he, he ended up having like eight assists in the first half, but then he really was just hobbled, had to come out. And obviously he's missed some games since then. But even in that Nola game, as soon as he came out, it's not like we were necessarily headed for an over in that game, but it just slowed down even more uh, in terms of the offensive efficiency once Luca stepped off the floor. And now you're looking at a couple games that are all, you know, outside of San Antonio, which I just just throw away every San Antonio game, essentially, that you see. Um, you know, once you get to that point against them, whatever. But before that, um, it, the, the pace that they play at, especially, it's back to that Dallas pace when Kyrie's not on the team, which is a huge factor for this. So if Kyrie plays alone without Luca, still scared of an under a little bit more. Um, but I, without both of them, I do agree with you that the Lakers should win this game. And, and even without both of them, six points doesn't really scare me because of how much AD should dominate. Yeah, we're just talking major correlation based on yeah. how whether they play or not. The one thing I will say about that Spurs game, though, is Dallas gave up 16 offensive rebounds. And that, this is a Spurs team that is, over the last three years, the worst offensive rebounding team in the NBA. So, And now you go up against AD and company, a, a fresh AD, like you said, two days rest. Um, I do think the Lakers' offense, you know, the, you, you say it's been kind of stagnant. It's been AD-dependent. Well, they got D'Angelo Russell back in that Toronto game and scored 122, and then they did that again against NOLA with both those guys out. Those are two, you know, really respectable defenses, and Dallas is not. They're, you know, bottom five in sort of most of the numbers that you would need to see True. for the Lakers to score, including uh, second chance points allowed. Um, so I, I do think that we could see, because AD got that rest, because they looked they looked ahead, looked past Houston and fell into that trap, exactly like the Celtics did, um, that we see a much a much closer effort offensively to what we saw in those other games and that the Lakers do their part. Scoring 120-ish, uh, which certainly makes a 227 total pretty low, even if you are dealing with missing one or both of Kairuko. <laughs> Maybe we go with a little Rockets victims parlay tonight with those Lakers and Celtics who most recently are the two most recent teams to lose to those Rockets. Yeah. Like I said in the other video about Boston, like, can we just maybe make the game seven, the season 72 games so we don't have to watch the Rockets beat up on a couple of teams at the end of the season? Either way, yeah, I, I think, you know, like we said, just stay on the lines.com, stay all over these injury reports, make sure you know, uh, you know, who's playing tonight because if one or both of them plays in terms of the Kyrie Luka experience here in Dallas, uh, then you've got to sort of change the way that you bet on this i personally like i put in the discord hit plus six because of i'm just going to bank on them um you know having having those guys in there or at least one of them to be able to keep this closer than that even though it is in la tonight so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA player prop to end our work week tonight. The Warriors and Hawks have a 248 point total in Atlanta tonight, and 
both Trey and Steph are around 30 points in terms of their prop. I wouldn't be surprised if both go over, but I'm actually going with the big man, Clint Capella, just to get a double-double, plus 115 at DraftKings, maybe a little less at other books, but I think that's a good that's a good shot here. Um, I mean, he's double-doubled in three of his last four at home, and the real concern in this matchup is, will he be played off the floor? Uh, you know, And the Warriors, with Draymond Green suspended and, and Wiggins out, I don't think they're that same kind of team that can play a center off the floor so easily with with the Draymond at the five lineup. Uh, Kevin Looney is quite, is is probable, so he should be in there, more traditional center. And Kaminga is going to start uh, probably in, in place of Draymond. So we're looking at more of a traditional big lineup, and that's what Capella's gotten more minutes at uh, when he when he's played those kind of big lineups. He's actually still managed to average 21 and a half and and 15 and a half in his last two against the Warriors. And that includes one where they, you know, they, they yanked Looney or Wiseman early and used Draymond at the five for most of that game. Uh, He actually had 24 and 18 in that game. So uh, Warriors are, as we know, horrendous defensively on the road. They're on the front end of a back-to-back and go to Memphis tomorrow. So how much effort is there going to be? down low, uh, containing him on the boards. Maybe you just want boards here if you are scared about the lobs and the dunks, but I don't think Golden State's stopping anyone right now. Uh, like I said, double-double in three of his last four at home, 11.5 points and boards there. And the Warriors are giving up the fourth-most points to centers in their last seven here, along with the ninth-most rebounds uh, over a, long, a larger sample, the last 15. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out what's wrong with the dubs, why it is that they're literally the Detroit Pistons on the road and the defending champs at home. Like, it's wild. Uh, Some people are annoying. They're just like, oh, the other team is shooting better. It's like, that's not... You can't do that over 40 games. It's not luck that you that. It's not like that. And, And the better explanation is other teams are shooting well from deep because they have to pack it in because they don't have the download presences to get rebounds, especially against a guy like Clint Capella. Take away Draymond. They're going to be even worse tonight. There's going to be more opportunities for second chance points, offensive rebounds galore. Um, so I think Capella is a, a great play, especially on the rebounds tonight. And he should be able to get some putbacks uh, and Trey should be able to find him, you know, dunking over guys that can't jump with like Kevon Looney can't jump over a piece of plywood. I love him, but he can't. Uh, Draymond could barely do the same thing, but at least he's one of the best defensive players in the history of the game, but way better shot at defending Capella and still don't really love his chances. So yeah, I think it's you, you definitely target him tonight against these dubs in an absurd total of 248. So uh, I'm going Ant Edwards in a total that I don't think is going to go so high, but I still like Ant Edwards. It's one of those situations where they're playing the Bulls. The Bulls have been very good on defense. Um, the total in this game is only 225, but we just saw this team score 104 points against, or not even fail to score 100 points against Philly. Dude still had 32 uh, against the Dubs the other night. Another really poor showing on offense, but still had 28. Uh, so, you know, I like his abilities tonight in, in his last five. I'm sorry, I should be clear. 27 and a half points I would take. I also would like the five and a half rebounds if Rudy Gobert is not playing, who is questionable tonight. And I think that's a big part of it. But starting with the points uh, in his last five, 30 a game, seven boards and six assists. That's all in about 38 minutes, uh, 49 percent, excuse me, 49 uh, percent from the field and 38 
from deep and then a 34% usage, which is what I'm really focused on here. Um, in his last five, it's been that way. Rudy's missed a couple of games as well in that time. Nas Reed is also questionable. Austin Rivers is also questionable. I'm not really sure who's supposed to score tonight for them other than Ant. Um, so I like that. I, Caruso is also questionable. I should throw that out there. That's just as important for us. Um, but there's not going to be any head of the snake, if you will, to that defense for Chicago without him. Um, and Chicago, as good as they've been, they're stopping a lot more big men than they are guards, right? Allowing the fifth most points per game to shooting guards. But when I say shooting guards, I really just mean who is the most ball dominant guard on the other team uh, that's dribbling the most with the ball in their hands and then putting up shots and with that 34% usage, you know, it's coming from him. And then I'll just touch on the rebounds for a minute because he has been averaging better than seven boards in the last five. Like I mentioned, Rudy missed a few of those games. And without Rudy, he goes from five and a half boards on the season to seven and a half. Uh, that he's 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 pulling down when Rudy's not around. So I think for him to get six tonight is a pretty good bet in a game he could get six or seven or eight. Um, I know the, the Bulls are good at rebounding, uh, but this is a, a guard rebounding, not quite the center position that they've been limiting uh, the Bulls. Well, I actually like a guard on the other side here. Uh, Patrick Beverly, his revenge. I mean, he, he had a couple shots when he was with the Lakers to get some on the Wolves who discarded him for Gobert. Um, after all he did for this franchise, all he did winning the play-in game and then standing up on the scorer's table, like, I brought you a playoff appearance. Um, <laughs> but he's only at five and a half rebounds or eight and a half rebounds assists. And if Caruso, I think he's closer to, like, doubtful at this point. Without Caruso, I think he's, he has a clear path to minutes, and he's a good peripheral stats guy in what should be a pretty ugly game. I think both Ant and Zach Levine are in play here in terms of just being the guys that chuck for, for their teams and getting over even if this game goes under. But there's not a lot to like about a shootout potential here. No. Um, and, and and Rudy has been questionable for like 20 straight games. So I'm not going to read into that in terms of him missing this one. Uh, but Ant, yeah, I mean, he he's seen that 34% usage rate. No problem taking the points there. Um, I'm looking at the Pelicans here. Trey Murphy, um, who does not have a huge usage rate, but has been very efficient with his touches. Um, 21 points per game in his last six in 37 minutes as he's been, you know, stepping up without Zion, obviously showing no signs of coming back. Brandon Ingram missed a few of those games. And so the usage won't be huge here. But, I mean, we're talking about Houston, which has popped up and beat some teams, but is still you know, awful, awful defense, particularly on the wing, giving up the second most points two uh, shooting guards and most threes to shooting guards in their last 30 second, most threes to small forwards too, whatever position you want to put them at the, and, and that's key here. I mean, he's shooting 49% from three in his last six. He has huge minus odds to hit at least three threes. Uh, I'd rather just take 16 points for Murphy, which is something he's hit uh, pretty consistently, you know, in uh, seven straight road games in January, he hit at least 15 points. Um, and then he's gotten, 32 in his last two here against Golden State and Sack and, and Golden State, a great defense at home. Um, you know, the first opportunity to play Houston with this real starters workload or, I mean, I guess that came in January. He played 29 minutes at 14 points. But point is, yeah, the threes, if, if those are going to be there for him um, or if Houston's going to scramble to close out, he is that classic guy who will just attack the closeout, get to the rim. And there's not a ton of rim protection for Houston. Uh, certainly like it if Sangoon plays in that case. So 15 and a half points or three and a half rebounds against the Houston team. That is pretty bad offensively, of course, too. Um, if you combine the two, the odds are worse. But I like either of those overs at just minus 105. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that scares you about Trey Murphy is, is you know, B.I. playing, right? Uh, and, 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 
even if he is playing tonight, I mean, I just kind of attack this uh, this prop with with Austin Reeves a couple nights ago against this Rockets team where I was like, there's going to be some points. This is where they give up points. The other thing, though, was that, um, you know, AD was not playing in that game. And that was another reason that I attacked uh, Austin Reeves in that one. If you look at Trey Murphy with and without Brandon Ingram, obviously it's going to be a lot different, right? Five more points when Ingram does not play. Um, so I just, I, I'm personally just heat a bit of caution in the sense, sense of uh, Trey Murphy's a little bit streakier as a young guy, obviously, but um, he's capable of this number and the Rockets are not anything on defense. So um, if you think the points are going to be coming in this game, they're also going to be coming from the, the guard position more so, I would say, than, than the big guys in this one. But um, let me finish off here with AD. Uh, my second pick after I took AE and Ant Edwards on the other one, 27 and a half points for uh, Anthony Davis tonight. I think that's where we, we really focus uh, against this Dallas team that, you know, they actually haven't been as bad against centers necessarily, um, but all their, uh, they're, they're weak down low. We know that they've been in the bottom 10 in terms of allowing points in the paint all season. Um, and AD, you know, with those points, the last time he, he played Dallas, uh, which was what, just like a three, two, three weeks ago uh, without LeBron again, 30, 30 points, 15 boards uh, in that one in a plus 16 in those minutes. Uh, and that was that win that they got over Dallas on, on the 26th of February. So he, he's doing well against the West. I, I looked at his stats in the last seven. He's played two East Eastern Conference teams there, did not have a good game against Toronto, which who he does not play well against, and did not have a good game against the Knicks, who are just stacked down low and ended up winning that uh, winning that game on a, a random Sunday. Um, but the other five against Western Conference teams, who are also not good down low, including Dallas as a part of one of those five uh, on the 26th of February, like I said, 34 points a game, 14 boards. Um, and, and yeah, the, the board's scary because the Lakers are playing a little bit slower. It's still like top 10 fastest pace, but a little bit slower. And they're playing a Dallas team that especially if they don't have Kyrie um, and, and or Luka are going to be playing not only slower without Kyrie, but just worse on offense in general, which will just make it a little bit choppier and weirder. Maybe there's an opportunity for some more rebounds, but I just don't like the amount of possessions that are likely to occur in this game to get us to 14 boards for him, whereas him to, to be the focal point of the offense, uh, getting points down low where, where the Mavs are, are super weak, I think is another good opportunity for him to, to get 30 plus tonight like he did last time against them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he sat out against Houston for this express Amen. purpose, two days rest. Uh, this is the spot to take AD. Is is just like he he's the guy that the the Lakers are going to deploy when they're like they break glass. Uh, I mean, obviously they're they're leaning on him completely, but they're looking at the schedule, which is very very easy for them the rest of the way. By the way, and saying these are the games we need, and there's definitely an internal discussion that like. When we need a game, we need AD to score 30 points right now. Yep. Uh, so I think, yeah, even an alternate line at 30 plus, uh, 30 plus and a win for the Lakers, you worried about this game going under if if Dallas doesn't have their guys. And I, I think, you know, AD could still have 30 in, an, in a 110 game, which is exactly what he did last time out against Dallas. So yeah, uh, definitely take this at minus 105. Yeah, I, Ant, Ant and AD are both two guys that like, that's it. They're the offense right now. So, I mean, look, Malik Beasley, if he gets hot, Total, total respect. Rui's good for a knockdown every now and again, um, but it's not like they're going to be coming and enjoy, they're not going through any of those guys too consistently, nearly as much as AD with that usage. So I think that the points are, are a good bet on this one. And that is all the time we have for you in this one. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We are coming back to you on Monday with a couple more videos for you. So until we see you next, happy betting.